What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. Now, if it's your first time coming to hang out, let me quickly tell you what's going to go on so everybody can be on the same page for the episode. The name Buds, Bros, and Superheroes acts as placeholders for the sections of conversation we're going to be having today. So in the Buds section, we usually talk about some marijuana news. Today, we have some news on marijuana. That's right. Heading over to High Times again, I brought up an article for me and my guests to talk about today. In the bro section, I haven't talked to my guests since we went to school together. It's going to be super cool. We're going to talk about all the fun times we had there, some of the fun times we had on the radio, so it's not even your first time behind the mic. Very much looking forward to our conversation. And then to finish that on out, we are entering the superheroes section in what is The Watchmen. Who watches The Watchmen? Well, we watch The Watchmen. We're going to talk about the Zack Snyder-filled awesomeness that it is. My name is Nick James. Thanks so much for tuning in. And please, everybody, give a warm welcome to the first time sitting in the guest chair, but probably not the last. A round of applause, if you will, for Parker. Parker, welcome to Buds Bros and Superheroes. Thanks so much for coming to hang out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here and be able to sort of do a not quite radio show, but a little you know, microphone thing with you again. Great, yes, because we have been on air together, exactly. We'll get into all that coming up on this episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. If you're interested, lock on in. We're going to start this episode the way we always do, by entering into the Bud section. The Buds actually usually hold stories of travelers of the green. I myself have been traveling for quite some time, but Mr. Parker here does not travel the green. But no fear, guys, we have had guests before we don't do that. We are still going to have some awesome news. I really want to get your opinion on this, but I would like to start the way that I do of what are we smoking on, so it's really more what am I smoking on, and I got some Insa. That is the grower processor here in Pennsylvania, if you haven't heard of them, and then they have their strand of runts. It is super duper amazing looking. You know, I know that you're not a connoisseur or know anything, but like when you get that deep purple in there and stuff like that, and that nice aroma that hits you the second the can opens, it's pretty awesome. It is good stuff. Just wanted to shout it out there. To move right on to the story at hand at high times, man, I wanted to get a little bit of your opinion on this. The headline reads, Hip Hop Mogul Jay-Z invests in cannabis retail platform Flow Hub or Flow Hub? Flow Hub? What do you think? Flow, not flow. Why flow? Because flower is usually what we call marijuana. So, like, we have a bunch of cannabis products that range in flower, or it could be a concentrate, like I showed you. It could be a vape. It could be a topical, like a hand cream. It could be an ingestible, like a capsule or an RSO, or in states where it's legal, you can even, like, you know, buy a cookie and ingest it. So I think flow just because maybe flower, but flow sounds a lot better because he's Jay-Z and he's got flow. What do you think? It could also be airflow. For what? For this? For the breathing in of cannabis? Because this, all right, so what I should say is Jay-Z is officially backing Flow Hub, a much needed platform that allows legal cannabis transactions to be done without cash. That's a big deal. I am an employee of a medical marijuana dispensary right here in Pennsylvania, and we have a cashless app that we can take that we've only really kind of heard sketchy shit about. So mostly I'm going to say the one that I work at is almost cash only. So it is a much needed type of thing. How would you feel about putting your bank account into something new that Jay-Z is investing in? I feel like because it's Jay-Z, there's definitely a bit of 
you know, name recognition behind it, which would give it some form of uh, authenticity that you wouldn't really see otherwise. But I'm a little shocked that most cannabis transactions are cash only. You know, I, you know, you would think that by, you know, 2021, we would be able to be doing this on like, you know, credit cards or, or debit cards or anything like that. I am no expert, though I am trying to be. And if it is my understanding is correct, it has to do with the federal legalness of it. And then how do you get a bank account? How do you promise Visa? Like, oh, yeah, we're going to pay you back. Oh, what's your income? It's something that's federally illegal. And they go, fuck you, is what I understand of like, that's why we can't do it. Because technically, still, it's a schedule one class one drug. So you can't technically pull out a bank account for it i guess i'm not a thousand percent sure if you can't tell but it, I, i'm almost positive it has something to do with that you know that that makes sense i suppose it's very strange so the article goes on to say cannabis point of sale platform flow hub announced on tuesday that closing of a 19 million round of strategic funding including significant participation from venture capital firms headline and poseidon as well as a personal investment from the entrepreneur and hip-hop billionaire sean jay-z garter so side note how do you feel about jay-z do you like his music I, I don't really listen to him too much, to be quite honest. You know me, I'm mostly a metalhead, but I do listen to some hip-hop every now and then. Not to bleed too much into the bro section, which we will get to, but I still have WCLH in my car, and every Monday when it comes on, I'm just <laughs> like, Parker, because it's Metal Monday there on there, and that's how I we met each other, so that's funny that you said that. Personally, I think it's great that somebody, like you said, with recognition in name is also willing to put their name on it just kind of it's going to make it a little bit more standard of just like oh yeah now he's doing it and he's doing it, everybody's doing it kind of like the same way they have their hands in liquor and when i say them i mean people of power and position over many in terms of influencing we talked about on the show once before seth rogan you know he's in what i consider a they of putting their face on something and just making it more normal of what's already been done the time and time over in alcohol and stuff like that you know almost everybody's got their own so it'd be cool if this kind of gets over i know that it would be cool for us in pennsylvania because we're locked into one shitty platform for those who don't know like when you go to a register it's called the pos system because it's a point of sale but a lot of people also know that when you call something a pos it means a point a piece of shit in this case we have that same all in one the venn diagram is not it's just two overlapping circles our point of sale is a piece of shit so it would be cool i was looking on it anybody can go over to their website and see what they do and it looks very similar to it does everything we have to have people making sure who they are and when they're coming in and put into a queue and rung up and information on inventory and stuff like it would be cool and then it would also be cool to be like hey you see how fast that was thanks jay-z <laughs> so they're really happy about it i'm pretty happy about it i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be cool i hope that it makes it this side if not we'll see something soon but it was a super short bud section this time we are going to close on out the way that we always do asking what are you guys smoking on if you want to leave a comment go ahead and do so in the youtube section if you want to tweet us we have one of those we have a facebook wall jesus we have almost everything if you want to get in contact with us we have one of those just go ahead and do that we are going to close on out of the bud section and head into the bros section we're just going to catch up a little bit 
So, as alluded to, if anybody's around from the area and to WCLH, all right, I know that. Those are the call signs for the radio station for Wilkes University, where we first met. Kind of going through that. Dude, we, we spent a lot of time in that university together. We were both on the paper, we were both on the radio, both did stuff for the television show. We were both triple concentration communication students. I, I was, I did all four. Fuck, you're so smart. I'm really not. Though. I didn't go for rhetoric. I was just like, no, nah, I don't think I got time for that. Red- but rhetoric was brutal. Oh it, my goodness. It really was. Meaning to say, we had a lot of time to spend together. So with that, it was kind of weird to stop seeing each other as much. I think I was one or two semesters. Like, I don't remember how it went after COVID happened, like when you actually graduated from that. But so I was mine, just mine, a little bit before you, right? Mine was spring 2020. You were spring 2019. Okay. So, yeah, after I left, it was just like, oh, now what am I doing? Where did all my friends goes, go? There goes my daily coffee, buddy. Correct. Oh, dude. Have you seen that that fucking Duncan has shut? The oh, one on the Wilkes-Barre Square? The last time my wife and I were down there doing whatever, I think we were actually there to get um, DP dough. That's like the. Have you tried that? Uh, I have not had them. I've heard of them. But they're where the other guy used to be, which is a horrible description. But like the side of his building was the mosaic of the fruit and the water glasses. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was Dino's Pizza, right? Fucking A. Yeah, that's gone now. That's DP Doe. Anyway, we were down there, also headed into the dollar store, and we were like, fuck it, Duncan's right there. Closed Rooney. I think between you, me, Mott's. Yeah. Fritz, a bunch you, of people. It's you, just not open no more. You weren't kidding when you said that like the six of us combined probably accounted for at least 80% of their sales. It had to be a pretty good amount. And I can't imagine. I guess all the business now goes not even technically to Starbucks. It goes to Barnes & Noble. Because fucked up, kind of fun fact. Did you know that you cannot use a Barnes & Noble gift card in... No, you cannot use a Starbucks gift card at a Starbucks that's in a Barnes & Noble, but you can use a Barnes & Noble discount or a Barnes & Noble gift card in the Starbucks. Barnes & Noble sells Starbucks. They are not a Starbucks. They offer you their product. They're like a weird... Somebody explained it to me once when I went to a Barnes & Noble and I was like, oh, I have a Starbucks gift card. They're like, you can't have that. No. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? They're like, no, if it was Barnes and Noble, I could take it, but I can't. It's just too much. I was like, okay. Because I don't really like Starbucks. How do you feel about the Bucks? That's what the cool kids call it now, right? I'm, they just head I'm over not to a, the Bucks. I'm, I'm not a fan of it either. I personally, I find a lot of their stuff to be a bit overpriced. And, oh, um, yeah. It, you know, definitely took a debt on my wallet whenever I was there, but you know, it was convenient because it was right there. Like it was literally across the street from no, across the walkway from our main building that we were in. That's true. Yeah, I forgot. So I guess yeah, if most people aren't heading down to the one in the Barnes and Noble, they have to get it from the school now, and that probably clogs up a bunch of shit. Man, we need to open a coffee bar down there. Oh, I wonder if that one is down there. Poor. I think poor was the name. That was so fucking yeah. good. Yeah, there there was poor, and then there was also abide. Oh yeah, abide was also really super nice. Yeah, they were big both ass very place. Good. They used to be a bank. So like, imagine how big a bar needs to be to serve coffee, and then like fill the rest of that space with just sitting area because it was the size of a fucking bank lobby. <laughs> yeah. It was huge. It was good though. I liked it. 
So aside from coffee, we did a lot of communications there. We did a lot of radio there. So go ahead and tell us about like what you did there for the radio and how much how much do you miss being live on the radio? I remember when I first met Nick. It was one of these uh, WCLH trainings, like the the, the first semester. Uh, Kristen got back after she had her kiddo, and and it was. You know, one of these sessions of like, you know, basic stuff like, oh, here's, you know, the right way to talk into a microphone. Here's like some basic, you know, things to say and not say and, you know, vocal technique and all that. And uh, I remember, you know, seeing this guy with a, you know, big beard and uh, backwards white cap and uh, never met him before. And, you know, he, I, th- I thought he was a little bit of an intimidate, uh, intimidating, scary guy. And... <laughs> And I remember he he just uh, you know turns looks at me and he's like hi I'm Nick nice to meet you and I'm like what and and then from there you know we both did radio there for three years yeah two and maybe one extra semester I don't remember what I had to end up doing but it was a little bit longer I thought I had like two flat years but I think I was there for one more I am the more I look back on it and like especially when I have to build a resume I'm like what was I doing that year like I can't <laughs> pin down like I know where I've been but I can't tell you what year it was where my father-in-law is really good at that dude he'll be like oh I was working here and if so it must have been this year and I'm just like damn dude like I don't know years for that but I think it was just about two and a half maybe three full years of hanging out to when we and you started or not started but we were the most enthusiastic you started more the third chair and from there i was like oh i want to do this a lot with you and i showed up as often as i could to we started letting quote unquote normies on the radio people who weren't signed up in the radio didn't have the time to do it but if they wanted to put together a show and come on you would sit in one chair i would sit in the second chair and they were welcome to sit in the third chair that's where the name came from and that was a good time, dude. We got to hang out with a lot of professors that we wouldn't have gotten to talk to otherwise. And a lot of professors that really didn't do much outside of you know their department and this giving them an outlet to sort of really be themselves and just have fun. I found myself a few times just, yeah, doing the opposite where they'd want to talk about music and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, you teach blank here? Tell me a little bit about like, you know, and I'd ask, you know me, I'm fucking stupid. So I would just ask questions that were involved in what they were doing, but just just in the worst possible way. And one time the lady, I remember, she's just like, you ask very interesting questions. And I was like, I know. (laughs) So that kind of leads me into something maybe I wanted to talk about in the bud section. Maybe I didn't. But were you ever aware going to school with me by maybe the thing on your face in between your eyes and your mouth your nose that i was a traveler of the green before i told you today uh no i i i I already knew (laughs) at wilkes i assumed almost everybody did not 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 through the smell or anything no but not not that there was a smell but it was just i i you i think you said something about it before at one point i was like yeah good shit man that's cool yeah, because even as you said today, I'm not somebody who does it. I don't really mind being around it either. So we were always cool talking about it and me saying, but I always felt like, did you ever watch Charlie Brown or see like the Christmas Thanksgiving special? You know, enough to kind of to know the kid who was always dirty. Yeah. And therefore, he had a cloud circled around him. Though I'm not particular, I think I'm rather cleanly. But, you know, anybody who travels the green knows that when you're combusting cannabis, it it has a very, very distinct odor. When you have, like you said I did and I do, a big beard, 
it kind of sticks to everything, especially in the winter. Then you got to keep your piece on you. And I always just assumed I was like that kid where everybody was really polite and didn't say anything, but everybody was just like, oh, Nick must be here. <laughs> and then they'd hear the door open. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I did try to have spotters once or twice to be like, bro, if I start to stink too much, can you just like give me a little notice and I'll fuck off? Like, Because I'd have to spend times in like teacher's offices and I'd be like, I wonder if I stink right now. <laughs> oh, God. I never even thought of that. Ew. Yeah, I was. it was all the time on my mind. So I had like a little kit. It had like eye drops. It had gum. It had a little bit of Febreze, a little bit of uh, body something. I don't know. Spray, spritz, I called it. I had like a five-plan system. If it's any constellation, most of the time you smelled like a normal human being from what I could tell. I, I appreciate that. It's so funny to go down there anytime, though, and just like look around and be like, oh, I like that alley. Oh, I like that alley, too. I know a lot of alleys in and around the downtown <laughs> Wilkes Fair of just where I've had to go to travel the green in between classes and stuff like that. <laughs> and yeah, was, once again, I was always just so worried that somebody's going to be like, and not like one of like us, but one of them, if you will, one of the teachers or administrators, just somebody. Because one time I was all the way down. I think maybe I had graduated. I wasn't doing school stuff. But I had just come from what I said, alleys, and like somebody from the school was face to face with me. And I was just like, there's no way I didn't do any of my five point stuff because I was so far away from the school, but they were coming down for coffee, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not getting away with this one. <laughs> so it's funny that no, you didn't say anything, or not, or it's funny that you didn't notice anything. Right, what else I'll, do you remember about well, school? Also, I mean, I have, yeah, I have yeah. a very bad nose. Like, I, I'm very bad with smelling. To be quite honest. Oh. <laughs> what else do you kind of miss about being at school? Do you miss anything, actually, you know? Um, I miss the people. I especially miss the folks in our department, like, you know, from, like, like the like the classes from 2018 to 2021, you know, because that was, our department was popping. You know, it was very, a lot of very active, uh, engaged people. And it was also a small department. It was like, what, maybe 40 of us? Tops between the three years trying to get in, yeah. Because freshmen have all their stuff to do. But even then, by the time they were starting, it was small. Uh, I think we said it once before, communications. So the great thing about it was my first semester there, no Carambellis Center. My second through the rest of them, Carambellis Center. Those who don't know what that is or... To explain, the Carambella Center was what they made for us, essentially, to kind of take all of our stuff and put it in one. So the newspaper, the radio, the multimedia stage slash production. What else am I forgetting? Speech and debate. What else am I forgetting? We had a fucking viewing room in there. It was cool. Like movie theater seats at one point. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was really fucking cool. So yeah, our, when you say it was popping, it was a great time to be there for sure. Because eventually... You know, it'll be like what we had to begin with in terms of by the time they get it refurbished again, I don't know, it'll be like 2050 something. Who knows? Something like that. Yeah, because I, because I didn't, because I originally started off in computer science. I didn't become involved in the communications department until like midway through my sophomore year. But I distinctly remember the radio station used to being on like the third, fourth floor of the, the DART Center. Yep. And, and the hike that would be not only the hike but all of a sudden i just got the memory of wearing going there to have my show on a day that i didn't have class so i would wear basketball shorts 
and then jeans because it was cold and go there and duck into the corner and take off the jeans so I can wear basketball shorts because it was the hottest fucking room. <laughs> Maybe on the entire campus was the radio station oh was right god. in there. Oh my god, you're right. And I just remember the first day being there and like everybody's like, you having fun? I was just like, because uh-huh, I still had like full winter attire on, not knowing it was a radio station slash sauna up there. And then when it moved to the news center, it was cool. We were right on Main Street and having people walk by with the radio station playing right out front and shit. It was a good time. Yeah, definitely that transitionary period. You know, I feel like part of what made the department so engaging for a lot of the folks in it was before the Carambella Center, everything, you know, like say a TV, newspaper, radio, et cetera, all that was on literally four different corners of campus. So when they moved everything into the one building, uh, a lot of us really got appreciation for everything being in one place. And it's definitely helped with, you know, the high activity levels and engagement because before, you know, collaboration would be kind of difficult because it'd be all over the campus. And like we brought up, to be in this discipline, to have this major and, and four different disciplines, it was quote unquote easy to like do multiples at once almost, you know, because some overlapped. Not easy, but I don't know what it like... definitely not easy what's the word i'm thinking of not convenient it just made sense you know like shit i'm gonna be here anyway i'm gonna put in so much work anyway yeah it just worked to do more than one if not all four like you did like that's that's really shooting the fucking moon though if i have to say so but to get through them it also helped to be in their relative outward groups i.e the paper the radio station the production studio so like you were talking about when they were all spread out you were doing it all and were traveling all around and then they put it into one building and it was just like thank you that is so much more convenient (laughs) and the synergy it just you know it's it's a real fucking thing of just like all right out of the radio meeting and right here here we are hi guys like right into the newspaper and shit like that and it was awesome. Yeah, Great of, fucking time to be there. A lot of the skills and stuff you'd use for one would be applicable for another. So it just sort of made sense to do a bunch. And, yeah. and again, the people were just, at least in my opinion, I, I didn't have an issue with anyone in our department. Like I lo- well, I, I love just about everyone there. You know, it was just a lot of good down to earth people who are, you know, hardworking and just wonderful to be around like there, there were a lot of incredibly driven folks that were in our department that i'm glad to be able to know me too i didn't go to homecoming since but the more and more i stay away the more and more i'm like maybe maybe i'll go back one day because i do miss some of the teachers you know and like you said some of the people would be great it has been it's been a while as we say here since <laughs> i've seen you so it's been a while since i've seen other people i'd love to also see and be great to go down there and meet you, meet everybody there and really catch up. I guess that's one of the things about like absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know, when I was there, I was like, I'm getting, finally getting my degree and I'm getting out because I graduated high school in 2008. I graduated college in 2019. I'm not a fucking doctor. I didn't go to school for 11 years. You know, I'm not a physicist or anything or like nothing like that. So I was like, I'm getting in, I'm getting out. And now I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll think about it. So I'm sure in just a few more years, I'll be like, when's homecoming? Let's get going. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just at uh, 
the one this year. Nice. Who would you say, like, you had a good time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Nice. That sounds great. Maybe you'll see me there next time. I want to see the old studio. I spent a lot of time in that building. Like you said, it just yeah, made we, the most sense. If you were going to put your toe in, fuck it. Just jump right in. And that's what both of us really did. Spent a lot of time in that building, man. Yeah. A lot of good times in yeah, that building. Yeah, we, we definitely essentially owned that building <laughs> with how long we were in there. I felt like that. Hell yeah. There was times where I saw janitor staff and they were like, did you leave? And I'd be like, I don't know. Did I? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> There was only six hours between when I saw you last. Was I here or not? Just because, once again, sorry to beat a dead horse. It just made sense. Like, I might as well just stay here because then the building was so new, so so comfortable, and just so easy to use. All the technology was there. All It was so fucking clean. It was was, was nice. Because the library there is really nice in terms of how big it is, but, like, that shit's old, and you can fucking see it. Mm -hmm. So it was great to have our own space to really just... Whatever we wanted, you know, especially the kids bubble. in a candy store, but not being an asshole about it. Mm-hmm. Really respectful kids in a super nice candy store, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, like you said there to finish this off, that was perfect. Right in the smack dab middle of everything was what we called the bubble. I don't remember. Didn't they have like a quote unquote real name for it? Uh, what did Dr. Stein try calling it? I think it was like the collab, not the collaboration room, but it was like a. That sounds right, it, though. Some like no, that. no. It was it, it was the uh, what, what, what's I want to say multimedia again, but that sounds wrong to what, me too. What, what, what's that word for the convergence? The convert like I I don't remember something. It, it, it I agree. Some, it was something with a C. Agreed, but they wanted to call it something funny, but we called it the bubble because it was almost like in a newsroom. Situated everywhere, there was just glass walls and two entrances in and out for doorways. So though you were there and you could see everything, you couldn't always hear in and out of it. So if you were in there having a conversation, those on the outside really couldn't hear you. So it was like a little bubble in there of just like, oh, I don't want to be doing this right now. And the teacher would walk by and you'd be like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Miss them. Good yeah, times. I, I didn't answer you before and I apologize about don't. that. But what I miss most aside from the people would have to be Metal Mondays. I don't think there was another radio station, college campus radio station that I've heard that had an entire day dedicated for heavy metal music. 24 fucking hours in a row, you turn on 90.7 and just get... Every I'm sorry to... I don't mean to belittle it, but that's, that's what it sounded like most of the time. Yeah, You like metal, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's... Rambling. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's just metal is a very close-knit community kind of like our department you know whenever you see like like if you're a metalhead and you see you know another you know if you see a guy in a grocery store wearing like a, like a slayer t-shirt you'd be like oh fuck yeah slayer oh well, what's your favorite album have you seen them xyz and it's like it's like meeting an old friend that's fun and that's why metal monday is so popular is because you know all these people are like oh wclh has a whole day for metal no one else has that. So that's, so that's why, you know, Chris and always said, you know, people loved it. That's funny because that reminds me of two things. One, that's how the comic book world used to be a little bit. I don't, you know, I'm not saying it's getting watered down, but maybe it's getting watered down a little bit of like, you'll say, you'll, oh man, that's a great shirt. That's fucking Superboy shirt. And they're like, it's Superman. And I'm like, well, no, it's a black shirt with a red S. That's just Superboy. That's Connor Kent. And they're like, no, it's just a black Superman. And I'm like, 
That's uh, okay, bro. Have a great day. Like, I'm not going to fucking argue with you. You know what I mean? So that has happened. But the other community that it still reminds me of is also the Travelers at the Green, where you see somebody who's got, you know, a 420 shirt on or a 710, and you're just like, hey, buddy, you have yourself a great day or some shit like that. So it's fucking funny. I can now appreciate that just that little bit more. That's awesome. I too miss being on the radio and just being like, hey, I'm going to talk to you about like exactly what I'm doing now. Shit that I know that's not important to anybody but me, but I'm on the radio, so I get to say it. It was a good time. Yeah, because the great thing about college radio was that really you could talk about whatever you wanted to within reason. But like that's something that you wouldn't be able to do at like a like an actual FM radio station. Like you would have to play the music that's already in the rotation. On our station, we would just be able to bring in like our playlists and then plug in our fucking phones as if it was you know a college party Mm. we treated the radio station (laughs) broadcasting to tens of thousands of people as long as they didn't curse and if they did curse you hit off the on button so if somebody was gonna go you know i'm gonna i don't know so if somebody was gonna say hey fuck you and you know that's coming on when they say hey you hit the off button the fuck gets said but it's not broadcast then you hit the on button and if you knew the song well enough, you can even get away with it that way, dude. Like, that's how much trust they put into us. And that's why I also say very polite kids, because I'll say again, I don't remember one time ever once having anybody ever call in or be called out for being explicit, ever. Mm-hmm. So we really took that shit seriously. But with all that seriousness of knowing, yeah, we we, we got to talk about and do within reason of not being obscene, whatever we wanted to do. And after I left, I had a job at a radio station for just a little bit, uh, doing a little bit of producing on talk and doing a little bit on the popular station. And like, fuck that, dude. You know, no offense to them. I'm happy they're happy, but I didn't want to do that. Of just like, oh, this is what they tell you to talk about. And you got to post to social media about every 45 minutes and make sure to use these hashtags. And then you have to do your image. And I was just like, Oh man, no, I was hoping to do more kind of like what I'm doing now. And I'm just going to do this right now because I get to say whatever the fuck I want. And I asked them more than once too. Like, if you wanted to start your own podcast, like, could you start it and bring some of your followers? Like, could you announce on the radio, like, hey, everybody, Nick James is heading on over to a podcast called Buds, Bros, and Superheroes? And you're like, no, not really, because that's an ad. And then do we charge you? Fucking crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, definitely. A whole different beast. But we'll say with that, uh, with, with turning the button off for curses, I think I became an expert with that because every metal playlist I had, there was at least one song with curses. And I would go through every song before the show and timestamp when they were, and then I would just hit the button exactly when it would pop up. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I had that down to a surgical precision. <laughs> Did I hear something? No. No, you didn't. And I'm fucking positive. <laughs> or you should have said, and I'm positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you cursed yourself out and blanked it. That'd be fucking great. <laughs> yeah, that, that was... No, Mondays were the best, man. It, 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 would, it reminded me so much of the Sirius XM liquid metal station, which is all metal. And that's the only station on Sirius XM that has metal. But like yeah, and it's all, yeah, if you're going to put all of it somewhere, it's all got to go there. That makes sense. And that's why it makes sense, too, for Metal Mondays. That was great, dude. I'm happy they're still doing it. Happy everything's there. Like I said, I'll probably see you at a reunion sooner or later or homecoming, whatever the fuck they call it. Because the more I get away, the more I'm like, dude, it was actually a lot of fucking fun. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. 
Do you guys miss college? Do you guys still keep in touch with your college buddies like I'm doing right now? Or has it been a while and you got to get in touch with them? Let us know. I don't know why you would, but you can in the comments. You could tweet us, Facebook, all those fun things. Like I say at the end of every section, but I'm going to say it again. We are closing out of the bros section. We're going to get into the superhero section where once again, we're answering who watches the Watchmen. Well, we do because we watch the movie directed by Zack Snyder. Fucking beautiful. Let's get into that right now. Alrighty, so for anybody unfamiliar, we are talking about the movie Watchmen. Came out in 2009, rated R, coming in at 2 hours and 42 minutes. The little IMDB description says here, In 1985, where former superheroes exist, the murder of a colleague sends active vigilante Rorschach into his sprawling investigation, uncovering something that could completely change the course of history as we know it. Directed by... The man, the myth, the legend, one of my favorite people ever, maybe one of my favorite directors ever, Mr. Zack Snyder, does a beautiful job. Top cast here is Jackie Earl Haley as Rorschach, Patrick Wilson as Dan, a.k.a. Night Owl 2, Carla Gugino, ooh, Sally Jupiter, Malin Ackerman as Sally Jupiter number two kind of deficits, Lori, but we'll get into that in a second, Billy Crudup as Dr. Manhattan, Matthew Good as Adrian Veidt, and then finally Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian. Lots of people in between there. If we bring up their character, I'll try to bring up their actor, but no promises. With all that out of the way, when I said to you we were trying to figure out what we were going to fill our sections with, kind of come in with a bit of a game plan. We were bouncing around different things, and eventually I was just like, dude, what's your favorite comic book movie? And you're like, Watchmen. Like, we were texting back and forth, and, like, it was immediate. You were like, Watchmen. So, want to get into that first and foremost of when do you remember seeing it? What do you like about it? Just kind of go ahead. Geek out a little bit, man. All right. So, this is going to be kind of a long-winded answer, but I originally saw it, I think, sometime in high school. Um, I don't remember the exact year, but um, the reason why it was so immediate for me was because um, that was back during a time when I didn't like movies. And actually, it wasn't until like our like my sophomore year of college where I started getting into it. Uh, side story: uh, when we watched The Godfather in, the, in that English class, that's sort of what made me get in the movies. Because up until that point, I haven't I hadn't really seen a good movie, and so I didn't really like them. Uh, but Watchmen stood out to me because it was very that was a movie I liked during a time I didn't like movies. What I liked about it was how. It felt real. You know, I remember one time when we were discussing the Marvel movies, how the Marvel movies are, what is it, superheroes? Or no, people learning how to be superheroes. Mm-hmm. And then the DC universe is superheroes learning how to be people. Mm-hmm. I think it's much more in- interesting to watch superheroes try to be people. And that's really what Watchmen is. It's just a bunch of people. A lot of, pardon my French, fucked up people. You know, it's Absolutely. really, yep. It, it's it's about the human condition. It's about how these are heroes, but all of them have fatal character flaws. Each of them are human. You know, and that's really what I enjoy about more than anything. You know, stuff like the Marvel Universe. While I enjoy watching those movies, it it just doesn't feel real to me because it's hard to really. It feels too cartoony. How should I say? 
while with Watchmen, it's very, you know, it's it's grimy, it's visceral, and it's edgy without being too edgy. And I, that's why I really enjoy about Watchmen. It, it feels like something that could actually happen. Agreed. Yeah, I was watching something on the Avengers, and they were talking about Tony Stark, just, you know, pick a lane. Are you too hurt right now to barely keep up with the conversation, or... Are you going to keep making Build-A-Bear jokes or mention, like, you know, call the bad guy Squidward, where I feel like if somebody had to be heroic or stand up to somebody tough, no matter how cocky they are, the funny side wouldn't come through. It'd kind of come through with, like, a, you know, like, fuck you, what are we, like, what are we doing here kind of stuff. You know, pardon my French as well for that. Like, when you <laughs> said, they are fucked up because they are totally that. And when I think about the real world of who would put on a suit and vigilante somebody who's a little fucked in the head probably to begin with the movie starts out pretty Zack snydery lots of slow-mo but really gorgeous because it's placed perfectly where we have an unknown assassin taking on jeffrey dean morgan who may be in real life but i think they put on a little bit of padding for him i know he's quite tall but i don't think he's quite as big as the comedian if you will but they have him fighting and stuff, and he still looks like he can kick ass. And so it's like there are some scenes where it's ha, 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 and then one big swing will go slow-mo. And you're just like, I remember sitting in the theater watching this. So 2009, I was in Disney doing the internship, downtown Disney in their AMC watching this. And I was just like, this was at a time where I wasn't, my comic book side was wishy-washy at best. You know, I just graduated high school where I don't remember who I was talking about, but like you didn't show up to high school where everything was not about high school. It was all about looking cool, being cool, and hoping somebody wants to fuck you. And you don't get any of that, at least at that time, from going, does anybody know who Rorschach is? You know, by knowing comic books. Because even at that time, even maybe now, I don't know, it just wasn't cool, point blank keep the story simple so this was at a time where i watched this and i was like oh i'll tell anybody i saw this movie like this movie was fucking crazy from there my roommate in disney found a motion comic of the comic book and we'll talk about it at the very end you mentioned before off mic that it's very faithful adaptation which a lot of it is except for one key element and when i saw that at the end i was like what the fuck Bought the book because in downtown Disney, it was also Barnes and Noble. Like I deep dived like in a weekend, I learned zero to 60 about the watch from really quick. And you're right. This is a movie that's just, if you haven't seen it, folks, it doesn't matter if you like comic book movies or not. It's, it's not any of that. It's, it's its own beast. It's beautiful. And it's just really well written. I love it. I love Zack Snyder too, though. So I know how fucking biased I am. From that fight we were talking about, we are introduced to Rorschach. What a fucking character, dude. He's got a mask that's white, and then it's got the ink blots, the Rorschach test, but as he kind of talks and breathes, it moves. What a design, dude. How, like, what the fuck? Go ahead. Yeah, it definitely stands out. And, you know, I really don't want to say that Rorschach's my favorite character in the movie because it's just, you know, it's so common to be like, oh, the masked fucking crazy guy in the move in the movie you know people love 
you know, we see that in a lot of movies. It's always, you know, the guy whose face you can't see is one that people are interested in because, you know, there's always something innately mysterious about them. But Rorschach just just carries the movie because it's it's really about his investigation into why um, all of the other mass vigilantes are getting killed off. He provides the narrative of not only the book, you know, it's one of the great things that they put in from it that a lot of the times loses in any adaptation from book is when you're reading a book and you get a thought bubble, it's their fucking thoughts. There's no interpretation. There's no, you're reading their exact thoughts. So to have him have his thoughts and put it to journal that are then VO'd throughout the movie. So you get Rorschach's journal. And you kind of get his same perspective. So, yeah, the, it's very much all about him and his point of view through damn near most of it. Dr. Manhattan also gets a lot of voiceover time. So there is a lot from his perspective, too. But like Rorschach, dude, I want to go into a few fan favorite moments, if you will, with him. We get through his origin, which is just gnarly. You know, eventually, and spoilers, sorry, guys, I guess we should have started. He is talking about a day where... He himself, what was his, what's his real name? Walter? Walter Kovacs. Thank you. Where like he's talking to a therapist and he's like, Walter's dead, dude. Like he doesn't say dude, he's much more serious. But he's like, Walter's dead. I'll tell you about the day he fucking died. And it's the day he realized a child, oh, I hate the word. I hate even talking about it. But a child rapist, abducted a little girl, did what he did, dismounted a body and fed it to a dog. Dogs, maybe. And like he's like, that's the day Rorschach was born, 100%, when I realized like if that can happen to a sweet, innocent child, like they'll never see what's going to happen for me. And like it's fucking metal. It, that's it's, it's that's like, like a, that's a crazy, sorry. It's like when he said earlier on in the movie, he saw society's black underbelly. And as soon as he saw that, he couldn't look away. And just, yeah, we talk about quite often... In a detective who goes around beating people up, grappling hook. I mean, there are some similarities to Batman, if you will. Just stretch a little bit with me. However, Batman understands the importance of Bruce Wayne and still believes in a part that there is a small part of him that is Bruce Wayne. Very small, you know, mostly in the same vein, if you will. Batman was born the day his parents died, but maybe there's still a little bit of Bruce Wayne is what I'm trying to get at. Where in this, no. Walter Kovacs is who I pretend to be like, and I barely pretend to be him. That's why I don't talk like, you know what I mean? Like he is a seriously far invested character and super great. I love he's finally quote unquote arrested and he's in jail and somebody's going to fuck with him and shank him. And he just deals with him in his own gnarly way. I'll leave it in case anybody hasn't seen it, but super duper metal. And he's got this line that to this day, when he says it, it, I could still get a chill because I do believe there might be people like this where he looks at a room full of murderers, prisoners, people who he even probably put there. And he says, most of them were put there by him. And, and what all of say, them dude, wanted to fuck take with it. him. And he, after he, after he knocks this guy to the ground, he stands up, looks at everybody. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Oh, man. <laughs> I can still get shivers, and I'm not even bullshitting for fucking effect, dude. Like, I'm not locked in. Oh, my God. Can you really, truly imagine saying that to a groom full of people and meaning it like, let's get one thing straight, you know? Like, oh, it is so goddamn metal. He is such a character that's like, oh, 
you know, most people are like, oh, I'd love to hang out with Superman or even like once again to bring up the Dark Knight. Like, it'd be cool to hang out with Batman. I don't want to ever meet Rorschach. <laughs> even in a friendly circumstance, I would not want to be in the same room with him. Like, oh man, that is a character yeah, that just like Rorschach damn. definitely has psychological issues, but it's also like his response to, you know, what happens to that little girl. That's something that is, you know, how do I word this? That's not an abnormal reaction to seeing something so horrific. It's not. I would have to agree. Yes, that's a very nice way of saying it. But like, no, I don't think he was blowing it out of proportion, especially too. There's just so much backstory that we can't go into. But he had a hard growing up society life for him was never easy and it's just one of those characters who really truly went all the way there and lives at the bottom of the muck of i've got to clean this up because even the most hardcore people can't do what i do super badass character he works a lot with night owl or do they technically call him night owl too so the thing that i love about watchmen is by the time we enter the story it's like 1985 Richard Nixon's the president for like the third term. So that's how you know it's an alternate universe. There's different things that happen. And there has already been the Minutemen. So anybody who really loves DC, it's almost like the Justice Society being the precursor to the Justice League. So the Minutemen being the precursor to the Watchmen. So there already was a Night Owl and somebody took up the mantle. And also we could talk about there was a Miss Jupiter. Is that what her name? Sally yeah, Jupiter. I think it was Miss Jupiter Silk Spectre. Thank or? you. Silk Spectre. Yes. Sally's Jupiter then gives the daughter, gives the mantle to her daughter, Lori, to be the Silk Spectre too, who are both characters who, even though we talked about them being fucked up, they're probably the most stable ones. And they have a great story throughout the entire thing. Both characters, I love to right away jump to their scene. They've just had a date and they're thinking, ooh, maybe we should do some superhero stuff, you know? And they get attacked by that gang and they just fuck them up in the alleyway. That's a great scene, isn't it? Oh, that's, I, I love the interplay with that scene and the other scene that's going on as it's happening. It's, once again, just to kind of bring out Zack Snyder and how awesome he is, just juggling all these characters and doing it so beautifully. The one that he might do the best is Dr. Manhattan. Big shout out to Billy Crudup, who has to do this performance of being someone who knows all and can see all and is all all at once. And he really fucking sells it. He really sells that whole Dr. Manhattan thing that was written so beautifully in the book. Shout out more, but... Would you, who who do you think your favorite character is then? My, mine's probably Rorschach, but Dr. Manhattan's a very close second because, you know, in every superhero universe, you have that almost omniscient, omnipotent, you know, superhero who can't die. You know, in Marvel, you have Captain Marvel. In uh, DC, you have Superman. In Watchmen, you have Dr. Manhattan. But he's still written in a way where he's still human, but in his case, it's his lack of being human. Which is a thing, yeah. A lack of something is still a something in a sense of like choosing not to decide is still a choice. So sometimes he knows he's making human decisions and knows he's only doing it because I was human once, I guess. Like I should do this. 
just because, but that doesn't mean, you know, it, it is a decision. It's not, it's carrying through the motions of just someone who's tired almost just like this game is boring now, you know, it's just so easy for me. It's, it's, I see stuff smaller than you can even imagine. Like I, he has a line of, I've seen events happen so small and so brief that other people wouldn't have even know they'd have occurred at all. It's like, that's fucking, they write it so beautifully and he sells it so beautifully. That scene where he gets ripped apart as well, his origin story, once again, beautifully done. Another one, you talk about faithful to the book and stuff. That was really great. You think, would you do it? Would you go in the machine to get godlike powers like that? No. I Because for with him, it shows that there's a cost to it. Because throughout the movie, it's also showing him drifting further away from his humanity into being completely alien. Which, I mean, eventually he does, just mm-hmm. for the fact of... Maybe I'd do it because it would be cool to go to Mars. He just pops up on Mars and builds shit. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Maybe, maybe, probably not. Yeah, though, but I, Lori... I feel like if because he can't die, that novelty is going to get old really quickly. All it, novelty, it, yeah. It, it might, <laughs> yo, it, on, on a scale, it might be like, you know, by quickly, I mean like you know, thousands of years. But it's still going to get old at some point. And when it gets to a point where you know everything, what's the point? That's what eventually we see him get to. And it leads to, and I won't get there right yet, but it leads to the finale of the movie and how, I'm not going to say it makes more sense than Alan Moore's version, but I see why they changed it. And I do also like an alternate version. One character we haven't brought up yet was Adrian Veidt, uh, Omni... Ozymandias. Ozymandias. Thank you so much. Oh, God. Ozymandias, who, once again, guys, so sorry, but giant spoiler alert, he's the bad guy. He's the one who attacks Jeffrey Dean Morgan in the beginning. But is he the bad guy? Fucking A. Fucking A, Parker. Like, I saw your face, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a good... Like, is he really the bad guy? So the story goes, he's doing all of this, because in the background of all this superhero bullshit is still the real world, even if it's a fake alternate version where Richard Nixon is still the president three terms in a row. Where it seems as if nuclear holocaust is it, it's coming. If not, like the we have this death clock, atomic clock, something of what's yeah, it called? The I think it's the doomsday clock. Thank you once again. And the closer it gets to midnight, it's a giant symbol for how close we are to getting to the point where everybody's just going to blow each other up. And throughout the entire flick, like it's five minutes away, it's four minutes away, it's and eventually to get to a long story short. Ozymandias frames Dr. Manhattan to be somebody who blows up certain parts of the world so that our, meaning regular people, our squabble, our watch of this doomsday clock of us blowing each other up seems insignificant. Now we just got to kill the big blue fuck. What a great twist on that. Oh, I really didn't see it coming. So as I said, when I saw the movie... I hadn't read anything yet. What did you feel when like, he reveals his whole big bad plan and he even has the line of, do you think I'd really tell you this all right now if there's any chance you could stop it? Like, it's done, motherfuckers. Like, I did it 32 minutes ago. What a James, like, or the opposite of James Bond, if you will, where like the bad guy tells it, he gets like, it is brilliant. I love it. I love that line 
and I feel like that encapsulates Watchmen because it's a superhero film without being a superhero film because it just destroys that trope. Absolutely. It, it takes it and just blows it up. In this case, literally. But Now, if I'm not mistaken, in the book, it's still Ozymandias who still wants to bring on a threat to make us all see that we shouldn't be fighting each other. And it comes in the form of a weird giant octopus starfish looking monster that also kind of looks a little, a little bit like the nether regions of a female. I'm just saying it might just look like a giant. And it has like this impact of psychic energy that just hurts, if not kills people everywhere. So, with that in mind, and with the story that we just told about how he frames Dr. Manhattan, what do you think about the choice to maybe maybe steer clear of a giant octopus, nether region monster, hentai, something? <laughs> I, I, I would... I, so, I've never read the book or the comics or anything, but I feel like I prefer the Dr. Manhattan framing because it adds more nuance to the story. Because introducing... Because introducing something like a giant tentacle monster at, at the very end of the film, that's a deus ex machina right there. And I, I hate those. I One thing you're going to learn about me is I hate movie tropes. And I like seeing them deconstructed as often as possible. And Watchmen does a very good job of that, which is why I love it. Very, very true. It would have been a lot to ask. I mean, the audience was already on a two and a half hour ride and to kind of end it with like, oh, you didn't see this coming because like you really didn't see this coming. I, I very much like it. And, you know, Dr. Manhattan more or less said, I was going to fuck off anyway. I don't I don't really <laughs> mind not being here. So see you later. And then we get one of the hardest scenes in the movie where all of this happens almost exactly like what we're saying. <laughs> but Rorschach now goes like, fuck that. I can't let everybody live in this piece. And it's awesome. I love Patrick Wilson. We talked about him plays Night Owl. He's a great actor. I like what he's done in the DC. We see him a lot. We just saw, I mean, we saw him as Orm in Aquaman. He's worked with James Wan before in The Conjuring. I like those movies. Anyway, I like him. And he's like, it's peace. It's peace built on a lie. And Rorschach's just like, I can't. I'm going to have to let people know. And sacrifices himself in the fact of like, you have to kill me. I'm not going to stop. Kill me. And Dr. Manhattan does, and Patrick Wilson lets out this, nah, it's, it's blood curdling a little bit. You feel that shit. And then his blood also looks like a giant Rorschach, like his blown up body, a giant Rorschach of blood in the snow. Super duper poetic, super well shot. Fucking love this movie. Yeah, it, I think it's really, it's poetic how Rorschach, the one who's probably the most mentally deranged of the quote unquote mentally deranged groups, also probably the most pure in terms of his morality. The people deserve to know the truth, period. I know it's going to send everybody back into nuclear peril. However, that's what the truth is, period. So there are parts you like you're saying, you're like, well, he's right. Because <laughs> yeah, like with, with Ozymandias is he really a villain? Because this is the ultimate case of the ends justifying the means. Yeah, he blew up, what, 12 major cities or something like that across the globe? But in the end, that secured world peace and prevented the entire world from blowing up. So Every single city, correct. So it's sort of, 
yeah, this is awful. But but he was kind of right, right? Shout out to Dr. Zerpentine, man. I wish we could talk to him right now. He was our fucking philosophy teacher. Had him on the third chair to kind of bring this full circle. And it reminds me of, yeah, that thing where you're standing for whatever reason in a train station up on a platform. And right at a fork, you see five people on a road or you see one person on a road. And you could decide which are not the road, the track. And you could decide, well, you know. Is it one or five? And it's like, well, obviously, it should. you should kill the one person because five people, five lives are more. And some people are like, well, that makes sense. And then you're like, well, what if they're five prisoners on their way to get executed anyway? And then you're like, well, you know, like it's one of those things of was blowing up 12 major cities around the world worth saving all of them? And you're always going to find people who go yes and no. And that's why, like you're talking about in terms of tropes of this movie of like, what they saved the day technically, but did they? I don't. I don't know, man. It's it's so it's a good conversation, and this movie get oh, once again, sorry, but fuck, I love this movie. Yeah, and with that, with the train tracks, not only you know pulling the lever for it to kill one person instead of five, but by pulling that lever, you directly sentence that one person to death. Correct. It had to go one way or the other. Yeah. And then you're brought in to move it. Yes. That was the whole. Oh, yeah. I remember I once read a book. It was called Batman and Philosophy, where it was like, well, if it was the Joker on one side, and I was like, oh, this is just a philosophy book when they're trying to use Batman as a lens. Like, I thought they were going to like read a bunch of Batman and then talk to me about how, like, how to live like him, you know, like the philosophy of Batman. But no, that wasn't it. All in all, about how you love the movie. Anything else that you like to say? We usually like to give ratings here of, uh, I call them school ratings because I don't know what else to call it. Of if you're going to give Zach and company an A, B, C, not a D, I don't know why. Or, I mean, no, D, not an E. Why is there no E in the rating schedule? Why do we go straight to F? You would have to ask whatever person in academia in the 18th century came up with that idea because I have no idea. Maybe we didn't like the E back then. <laughs> anyway, how do you feel about the flick in general, sir? Overall, I, I'd give it a four out of five. I I love it. I it is fantastic. And again, I the B then, yeah, eighty yeah. percent B. Nice. Mm-hmm. I put it up just a little bit higher because once again, Zach is uh, Zach's great. So I just love his style. I love that. Now we're kind of seeing it in a time where yes, he's also put out a four-hour Justice League movie. You know, we've seen other movies go two and a half hours. Not in 2009, we didn't. For him to stay as faithful as he did took all that time. And he said, we're doing this right or we're not doing it at all. So I give him just points for that. I think this is a solid A. When I want, I like that you wanted to talk about this. Because what we're talking about in terms of breaking down tropes, it's hard to be like, oh, what's a good comic book movie? And be like Watchmen. And then they watch and like, that was hard to watch. I'm like, yeah, isn't like... It was so, I don't know, you know, it doesn't have those tropes, so therefore it's kind of not for everyone. It's a comic book movie, but it's also a deconstruction of a comic book movie. Yes, very much so. Very well put, man. Well, guys, that was just a little bit of The Watchmen. You know, we can't talk about it all day. Those were some of our favorite parts. Put some of your favorite parts down in the comments, anything like that. That will wrap us up for this episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. But before we get out of here, man, thank you. It has literally been a while since we've been talking and get to hang out. 
And I was like, when do you want to do this? And you're like, I'm free tomorrow. And I was like, fuck yeah, Parker. Like that's, that means a lot to me. I say it all the time on this show, but it doesn't mean I mean it any less of like time. We've all only got 24 hours in a day, man. So for you to spend as much as you have here today, producing the show, hanging out, bullshitting away really means a lot to me, dude. So thanks for coming out. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for talking about Watchmen with me. There's a whole show. Maybe we should watch the show and you can come hang out. We also talked about talking about the boys. I like having people rotating out. I always say for people coming for the first time, I really hope to see you around, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, honestly, it's an honor to be here, you know, because I know you've always been in the podcasting and you know all of this, and just being able to sit in on your show, your your baby, and you know, um, you being so excited for me to be here, it just makes me just so uh, grateful to be here. Thanks, buddy. You got it, and I mean it, man. I'm so grateful to have you. So grateful to know, like, you want to come back. You're always welcome. Appreciate you being on the broadcast. Appreciate you putting in the time, the info, coming and hanging out. Really, truly. The same goes for you guys on the other side of the mic. Anybody out there listening, I really, truly appreciate that so much, but also truly appreciate the interaction. If you can, once again, we try to look for interaction in the YouTube comments, maybe on the Facebook, the Instagram, but if you can't do any of that, I get it. People got to people. People are busy and shit, so word of mouth. If you got a coworker, a babysitter, a best friend, lady at the store clerking you, I don't know. If you know somebody who likes Buzz Bros or superheroes, have I got a fucking joke for them. I've been Nick James. Well, I've been hanging out with a good pal, Parker. Buds, bros, and superheroes are out of here. <laughs>